cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 26th of November 2007. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com for lots of the downloadable material you can get from the archives, lots and lots of shows, talks and histories, etc. And look into Alan Watt Sentient, Sentinel.eu, where you can get downloadable transcripts which you can copy, pass around to your friends in the various tongues of Europe. Because, true enough, we're all in this together. The whole planet's on a course right now towards a form of totalitarianism, which doesn't have just one end in sight. It has a continuum, one step after another, leading to a brave new world. A brave new world where many people have already been conditioned, mainly through science fiction, and books in between as well, to mold their minds into the acceptance of this gradual slippery slope into oblivion, because that's where ultimately it would lead. Government has more to do with just handling people and managing economics so that you can live your lives. Government is in the business of maintaining power and control over people that's his main purpose and we know from the talks I've given and citing the books from guys who certainly were in on the know uh, that there are two governments on the go and there have been for a long time the one that you elect or think you elect and the real ones who are the bosses who have the real power as Carl Quigley said those who go behind the scenes who are not elected who have uh, at least they know they have real power and not just the appearance of power. These are the real movers and shakers, sometimes referred to as the grey men, those who go between the world of light, meaning the ones that you see, your presidents, prime ministers, and so on, and the ones you don't see, the, the, the big managers of the world. And this is an intertwined system, completely intertwined, where you have military, and the military itself is split up into so many sections with psychological warfare, chemical warfares, and, uh, and almost a psychiatric side of it too, where they go into the manufacturing of specific drugs which will affect your minds and make you very calm. 
and I'll be reading some of that later on, just to back up something that Brzezinski, uh, or actually it, was, it wasn't Brzezinski that said it after 9-11, it was Rumsfeld who talked about uh, the possibility of aerial spraying over large cities with aerosolized Valium and Prozac in times of emergency to keep people calm. Well, there's another little article come out recently along the same lines. And it might give us an idea of what's already been happening to us because of the aerial spraying that's been going on for 10 years solid now. And I'll be back with more of this after the following messages. safety 
and security and reduce truancy. So there we, there we have it. I mean, we, we all expected this because it's, it's, an, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. In fact, in the 90s on CBC television in Canada, uh, Wendy Mesley had a, a show with an interview with different heads of corporations that were going to make the new ID card long before 9-11 came along. And the one that is coming out next year with the active chip in it and all the rest of it um, was shown on television then in the 90s. And when she said to this particular manufacturer, what makes you think the public will accept this? He said, well, they'll be given no choice. And you see all the big plans and all these big things are made uh, at the top levels outside of the realm of what we think of as politics. It's a form of fascism because fascism technically is when your government leaders are all in bed with big corporations. That's the definition of it, you see. And we've had this for quite a long time, quite a long time. The guys we vote in are simply allowed competition for bounty points to get up the ladder to higher positions within government, but they're not the bosses. And Professor Carl Quigley said that in his own book, The Anglo-American Establishment and Tragedy and Hope, uh, that they always put their own boys in at the top of all parties. They're vetted before the public even hear their names. But this ID uh, uh, has been on the, the go for a long time, and whatever technology comes along is always used on the public. And this should really raise an alarm to the people if they were fully functional people, but most folk are not. They're not fully functional. They've gone through an incredible life of inoculations where everyone has been squirted with the stuff, all kinds. And even the doctors that give you these inoculations don't even know what's in it. It's all based on faith, all the way from the manufacturer. But you don't know what's in it. We can certainly see the effects of it, and that's a whole different story in itself. But, but really, when you see the scientific indoctrination we've all grown up with, it was on the go in the 50s onwards, the scientific indoctrination, and, and improving with every generation, every few years really, um, from kindergarten onwards. Then you see the effects of it today, and especially when the people have been trained that the media is literally some kind of um, partner with you. It's there to to use logic on your behalf. It's there to reason on your behalf and tell you all the things that you should really, really know. Most people really believe that. And when I was young, the news used to come on the one television station we had in Britain at the time. It was the BBC, and they had one news item, a newscast, and that was at 6 p.m. Every, every night. And eventually they started to step it up, and then it became 9 o'clock, and then it became 10, and then 11 o'clock. Because they knew that when you're staying up, that's behavior modification, by the way, you're, you're changing your pattern of behavior to stay up for the news. That's behavior modification. And you're in a somnambulistic state, when it's late on at night, and the sensor part of your brain is, is, is in slumberland, and you're being indoctrinated in a heavy, heavy style, and you don't question it, what you're hearing. 
but that becomes your conversation pieces the next day. You, you talk about what you heard on the news, but you don't question what was downloaded into you. And that's why they chose 11 p.m. newscasts. First, they change your behavior, behavior modification. Now, remember what Skinner said, the behaviorist in psychology. He said to alter a person, you must alter his surroundings. That also means your routine in those surroundings during the day. And as early as World War I, the BBC radio had found out they could change people's behavior, making even housewives dash home to hear their serials they'd have on daily radio. And they always left you after the hour with a cliffhanger so you'd tune in the next day. That's behavior modification. You're changing your behavior in order to get downloaded with something they want you to be downloaded with. Very, very simple stuff. And you realize that's how most people are. They want their favorite radio television stations and their cereals and their soaps, and they tune in every day at the same time in case they miss something. And some people get neurotic almost when, they, when they're late to see their favorite soap or cereal. They get hyper. They've already been conditioned, and their behavior has been modified. And that goes with fiction and non-fiction. We live in a world today where fact is, is measured with, with fiction, is, is mixed with fiction, until most folk today really can't tell the difference. And if you look at your standard newspapers, you can see the most horrific stories and, and the most ridiculous trivia down the sides of the pages. That puts you into a state where everything is surrealistic, surrealistic, uh, so much that, that the horror that you're reading, the main story, uh, get, gets mixed with the fantasy and the trivia and the divorces and the affairs and, and, and all this kind of stuff. That's intentional. That's an intentional format. And that was first brought out and pushed in Britain again with what they called tabloid newspapers, the shorter newspapers. That's where they first used these techniques on the people. And it worked very well. Now, even at that time, you started to see big bookseller stores changing too because books used to be labeled under fiction and non-fiction. And the non-fiction was further subcategorized into romance and drama and so on. If you've noticed, you go into most bookstores today and you'll find where the biggest religious section used to be, uh, you'll find New Age and sometimes there's more aisles with New Age. They're not even labeled as New Age. And you can get complete religion, which is New Age religion, uh, without the title of religion on the book. So people swallow this stuff thinking it's fact. This is all intentional as well. It's all intentional uh, because they didn't want a society who could separate fact from fiction. And unfortunately, that's been tremendously successful today and people will read the most outrageous stuff and be swayed by it and they'll actually alter their lives again around something they truly believe is true. I've even had people talk about history and they glean their history from historical romances where, where modern authors are making a big killing on this, lots of money to be made in that, where they blend uh, period settings and use real people's names and real little events that happened and weave it into a story generally around a, a hero and a heroine. Uh, but that's where their history comes from. And when they don't get it from there, they get it from from uh, Hollywood. Hollywood has rewritten history in all of its movies. 
So we're under constant bombardment, and today we live in an age where confusion exists because people have a hard time, very hard time. In fact, most don't even think about it, separating the fact from the fiction that they swallow it all. If you were to get a person who around 1900, 1910, and showed them a modern television with the programs that come on and the ads that flash at you and the hype and the screaming and the fact that they don't ever tell you what the product really is or the good points, they just sell you a dream. Uh, these people would go into shock, utter shock. We're back with more of this after the following messages. a couple of times before yeah yeah um just before i ask you a question i do agree with you when you say that 85 percent of people just don't want to know you know they're in complete denial and and they just switch off you know and they, they're either because they just don't want to think or they are just they just don't you know they're just dumb i guess but dr De bill deagle i don't know if you've heard of him mm -hmm. uh he takes it even further he says 99 percent of people are completely uh in denial, uh, with only 1% either psychopathic, greedy takers, as he called them, calls them, and also, uh, or, or their avatars bubbling up to the surface. And I'm quoting. Um, and I think you're absolutely right that people are always looking for answers outside of themselves. What they're looking, looking for is a hero to, to fix it all for them. That's right, like Jesus or extraterrestrials or... Aliens, yeah. Aliens and things outside of themselves. When... Spiritually, things work inside out and not outside in. Yeah. Um, but I, I did ask you before about exopolitics, and you indicated how you felt that a lot of it was heavily infiltrated. But what's your take about all of this sort of disclosure stuff, you know, with, the, with Dr. Stephen Greer, uh, with, with all these 500 uh, ex-military intelligence and all those sorts of people worked in all sorts of uh, black uh, projects and, and things like that. What I'm always wary of them. I'm always wary of them unless they end up in the high court because mm. I think the only person who was genuine uh, was Peter Wright. Maggie Thatcher dragged him into the high court and, he, and grabbed his second uh, publication, uh, the Z of spy catching, and mm. had it all pulped back into pulp. So, um, <clears throat> you know, she threatened him with the Official Secrets Act. You, can't, you cannot leave <clears throat> these organizations and just come out and spout out to the public what you know. Mm. It doesn't happen. They don't have to actually technically even bring you into court for that. They can, they can just dispose of you uh, if need be. So I'm, I'm very wary of them, unless they're talking about things that are current, like the spraying that's happening, like the not Oh, yeah, it's happening here. And how we have been dumbed down, and most of them, well, none of them actually go there. Mm. You know, why wouldn't they go into the, the things that have been happening our whole lives to us and are happening now? That's right. Uh, you know, yeah, we can all be mystified. This is the beauty of it. They come out with some mystifying stuff that really is, is generally past tense, and there's not much we can do about it now, the past. 
Mm. Um, so it's, it's almost time for that kind of disclosure. It doesn't cause any waves. The next generation is growing up. They don't care. But they don't talk about what's been on the go now and what's been done to us now, even though we have other information that has been declassified. Why aren't these guys talking about it? If we lose the capacity to think uh, cogently, we're goners. It's all over. Right. It doesn't matter how many books we've read, uh, how many of the series of the aliens are coming stuff we've read or anything else. Uh, isn't going to do us any good at all if we have the inability to to consciously think and and be cogent about things. Well, it's interesting that you know I mentioned Dr. Stephen Greer and uh, the uh, Disclosure Project, uh, and they've had a lot of publicity. In particular, they they actually came out with a big news conference on May the ninth, I think it was, two thousand and one, mm-hmm. uh, six months before nine eleven. Uh, quite a lot of them came up and said, well, I will swear in front of the Congress what I know. Um, we don't know how many of these things are black operations. I'm sure most of them are yeah. man-made things. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they're also compart- compartmentalized. I don't know what, what's going on anyway. Yeah. yeah. But, that's uh, true. See, all they're told is what they need to know for their position. That's right. And, and that's in everything, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know? But I, I have noticed strange things in the skies myself. I mean, I'm not talking about UFOs and strange lights, but... Strange sort of chemtrail things. Yeah, they're, down they're here all in over the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and they early in the morning at very high altitude, and crisscrossing, and you know, and uh, it's getting to the point where I feel like I need to get hold of my local politician because it, surely it affects everybody, all of us politicians as well, because we're having to breathe the air. Yeah. And find out what on earth is going on here. Well, I know that the police have been told not to engage the public if the public start mentioning what's above their heads. They'll walk away from you. Wow, that's extraordinary. Even if they're questioning you about something, they'll walk away if you bring that up. And, 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 they're, and they're in the same boat as you. Yeah. I mean, they haven't got gas masks on, have they? They're probably told that somehow it's to help uh, save us from global warming or some spiel, and that they'll, they won't question it any further. Yeah, well, if it was, why wouldn't they tell us about it? <laughs> well, yeah, they'll probably say, well, there'll be some, uh, some deaths due to this probably, but they're very young and very old, but we have to save the rest of the people. That, that's good enough an excuse for them. Mm. Well, I mean, I am also noticing some very, very, uh, you know, very significant shifts in, in, in mindsets and paradigms and things in a good way. Yep. I mean, here in Britain, we recently, Webster Tarplay was here on Bristol, BBC Bristol Radio. There's a lot of anti-neocon type of talking, there's a lot of anti-war, uh, anti-extension of the war, Iran and all the rest of it. It just all seems crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the big boys are going to get their way. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think there'll be a fight. Mm-hmm. But uh, when the sleeping giant awakes and, and people start to learn about the 9-11 myth, the monstrous myth behind that, when they learn about free energy, when they learn about all sorts of other things, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've no idea what they're going to do, you know. Well, we, we do know what they're going to do because they've been preparing for over 20 years to deal with the public in such a situation. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's absolutely extraordinary that they treat us uh, like we're all, you know, with, with such uh, contempt. That, and they like. do. They're contentious with the public. That's right. And I think your ideas is that the psychological angle... Yeah, hold argument, on and, and, uh, until after the following break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
folks. I'm Alan Watt, back with Cutting Through the Matrix, and we're talking to Alan from Devon in the UK, and discussing the state of the world and the state of people's minds, and how people are always looking for heroes to come and do everything for them, but also we were talking about the fact that the government's been preparing for over 20 years uh, just to stop what they know will come, and that's a stage where the public will be forced to ask questions, and they're never forced to ask questions until things are really pretty bad. That's why the Department of Defense published the scenario for the next 30 years with flash mobs and riots and all the rest of it without mentioning why on earth the average person would be rioting and having uh, involvement in, in, in flash mobs. But it's, it's quite evident we're in for big, uh, stupendous changes, and they are ready for it, right down to even using mini nukes and so on, on and large mobs. So uh, this has been published, and this is a top think tank for the British military and for NATO, all NATO countries. What do they know is coming down that we don't know is coming down? Are you still there, Alan? Okay. We have Jeff from Iowa here. Are you there, Jeff? And Alan. Hello. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I had uh, just a little tie-in with the with the corporate end of this. Um, there's a there was a program, and the interesting thing when I read this is that I asked a few people what they thought of it, and you get a shoulder shrug. They don't even think about it. And it was from an organization that was sponsored by a company I worked for called Keep America Beautiful. Yeah. And the acronym's interesting, K-A-B. Mm-hmm. It was the leading community beautification organization, and it's strongly supported by my company because its mission fits squarely within our environmental stewardship and community partnership strategic objectives. Um, it's interesting, the research that they do, KAB has commenced on an Internet-based public awareness campaign and needs your help to promote it. The campaign features a new superhero, Cabman, and is targeted particularly at the 20-something generation. Cab's research shows that this generation is a heavy online user for information, identifies completely with community beautification, anti-litter recycling, etc., but knows nothing about Cab nor its leadership role and will identify with Cabman, the little superhero they have. Yeah. Yeah, they've done a whole indoctrination process uh, because even uh, Gorbachev put a book out on the creation of a new religion. At least that was part of the book, and the book was uh, towards a new civilization. And he said, we are creating a new world religion based uh, on a form of earth worship. So the society they're bringing in Will, will be uh, atheistic, basically, except that, that we all must uh, look after the Mother Earth type deal. And um, they're already, they've been brainwashing the children for years on this whole agenda uh, so that you'll, you'll, you won't raise yourself any higher than, a, than any animal or a tree or, or a blade of grass, and life will become even more uh, cheaper. I've no doubt they'll be part of the sterilization process, too. And people probably volunteer to be sterilized if they get enough indoctrination to save the poor old planet. Yeah, because you get comments like someone will say, well, gee, I've, I've got to get recycling or my son will think I'm a criminal. Yes. And that yes. type of thing. So, And, and it's um, quite interesting here. I watched it when the recycling business started up. And the the public paid for all these bins to go around all the, all the towns and cities. 
Uh, and uh, we, everyone knows, especially in, in the U.S. here, the mafia are the ones that dump all the garbage and take down to the U.S. side. Everyone knows this. Uh, they do it big time. Well, uh, we're giving money to the same business to, to then get all this material for free that we package for them, uh, they put back into, into uh, basic plastics or basic metals, and they can resell it. So it's a great booming business for these organizations, and we're funding the whole thing ourselves with our tax money. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad when you get the taxpayer to, to, to pay for all the basic structures, set up machinery and equipment uh, for your business to get started up, eh? Yeah, and it is. You pay, and they get they get their pro they get their raw materials at a big discount, yep. and then sell it back to you. That's right. That's right. So it, it's, on, there's always a con behind everything that's pushed on the public, and they have the public trained now to 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 actually do all this. The public are very easily and quickly trained. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, we're very absolutely. adaptable. And and they do refer, and it's easy if it's easy if you just listen to people or when you read this this material. If if you want to check it out, just listen listen to the people around you and just bring something up to them that yes. they would not be familiar with that wasn't in mainstream. And it doesn't have to be anything nasty. It could be. Um, I read a book. Um, I, I raised bees, and I read a book. Bee, uh, bees don't get arthritis. And there's uh, research going on with you know bee venom and and muscular sclerosis, and you get stories of certain things that happened. And, and raw honey is a big antibacterial. In fact, they used to use it for surgical dressings. Yeah. And my mom was a nurse, and she did. And I mentioned this to this lady, and she gave me the goofiest look like I was insane. It wasn't on television, was it? No. And she goes, <laughs> and she goes, well, then why don't the pharmaceutical companies put that out? You know, yeah. like they just, if they find something good for you, you're automatically going to get it from them. That's right. And the the bad thing about this, even if you go back to people that were indoctrinated that might be in their in their 60s or a little older, they'll yeah. understand the basic question of why the pharmaceutical companies wouldn't touch that and yeah. they'd keep it stomped down because they can't sell it. But you come right. down 20 years and people don't even understand that. I know. It's, it's quite easy, again, uh, to, to alter by the generation uh, into a completely different way. I mean, most people think they've got to get antibiotics to, to clear up uh, a skin infection or something, and yet poultices, hot poultices, generally kill all bacteria and viruses quite safely. Yeah, and I ended up testing this just because I didn't have anything else, and it, it, it was amazing. It pretty much cut healing time in half. There was no infection. It went immediately, right. and it healed much cleaner. So, But, yeah, it was, the look I got was just astounding. And, and it was like, well, I haven't seen that on my TV. Yep. It can't be true. Yeah, what, what is propolis, though, Say, What's propolis? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that does kind of the same thing that the honey does, except it might be a little uh, a little more potent. That's right. And it's, it's good. But thanks yeah. for calling. All right. Thank you. Bye. And we've also got, uh, I think it's a Dan from Kentucky on the phone. Hello? Hi, Alan. How are you? I'm I'm getting by. <laughs> Good. I have a question, and then I'll get off the air so I can listen. Um, we all have exposure to psychopaths at some time or other or all kinds of levels, but what do you think is their greatest weakness uh, they have that we can use against them? And thanks a lot for all your work. 
Yeah, it's a pleasure. Okay, the, the greatest weakness of a psychopath. A psychopath cannot tolerate frustration. They have to work it off through other people and stand back and smile. That's how they get rid of frustration. They can't handle it. But, but they also have a tremendous ego. It's the ego uh, because I, psychopaths run on pure ego. That's why uh, politicians, when their past is dug up and thrown at them during their campaigns, no matter what they've done or what skeletons come out the closet, it doesn't faze them. You or I would blush and, and run off in shame. But because they are pure ego, they easily, it just flows off them like, a, like water off a duck's back. So if, if you don't play along with their ego and, and uh, bolster them up, uh, that will deflate them. Or if you simply ignore them, they cannot stand being ignored. And, uh, and anyone who challenges their power, of course, will, will put them into, make them go berserk. So there are different ways to get to the psychopath, but non-compliance is the best way. Now we also have Tim in North Carolina there. Are you there, Tim? Hey, Alan. Hello. Uh, I got a couple of comments and then a question. Yep. Uh, it, it seems like these guys run on a different time clock, and they got a playbook. Yep. And and uh, my question is this, and then I'll hang up and wait for your answer. Uh, what, they seem like they're racing to this uh, new age of Aquarius, mm -hmm. and they're like uh, uh salmon uh, that are going back to their breeding ground, and, and why do they seem to be that way? Thanks a lot. Yeah, why do they seem... Okay. Uh, they, they like that because if you go into the old Bible, even, uh, you'll find in the book of Job. I mean, these are all allegories for what they knew back then. And Job explains even the movements of the houses. They call them houses of the Zodiac. And that's why they called the tribes the house of this and the house of that. They're talking about the Zodiac, not real people. Everything was taken from much older stories and just recycled down through the ages. And, and uh, at the end of an age, when a main part of the zodiac is in ascendancy and predominates every 25,500 years or so, then they claim that we have a great leap forward. That's the term they often use. They couch it as the great leap forward, where we suddenly transform or evolve into a new direction. So when Christianity came along, for the first time, people had the chance for a very, very short time to, to, to begin to be individualistic. Most folk up until then had always been group people, groupthink under a command of high priests and all the rest of it. And for the first time, they had the chance to obey a deity, at least the laws of a deity or their conscience. You can decipher it as you wish. And, and not that of the king. So there was ability to begin individualism way back then. It was quickly suppressed when, when Rome, that already was a superpower, uh, an empire in its time, took it over and meshed it back into laws and rules and regulations and kept the group mentality uh, and put them backwards in a sense. So the next step is this great evolution. It's really taken from, from Hinduism. They call it the waves of, of theosophy, from the, from the, the theosophy groups. They, they claim that time comes in waves or great houses of zodiacs and so on. And at the end of an age, the old type of man must die off or be killed off because if they are allowed to come through with the elite who've evolved, the higher intellect ones and so on, then they'll bring down the higher intellect. Therefore, they have to be eliminated at the end of an age. And that's what that's all about. Uh, so
so that's why you have in the New Testament the allegory written in a story form uh, of Jesus telling them to go and get uh, a colt and the man will be carrying a pitcher of water uh, that's talking about Aquarius the ride will, will last as long as Aquarius, until Aquarius comes in Aquarius of course um, pours out the water now Aquarius comes from, from an older uh, story, a Greek story that's the Roman uh, name you're using there, Aquarius because technically in, Greek, in Greece um, this young boy was raped by Zeus in the water who I guess uh, had a great time because he deified this young boy and put him in the heavens as the story goes as, as almost a godlike and, but, it, but technically it's showing you there's going to be a new type of man and, and really it's coming to the stage of being neither male nor female that was the ancient allegory behind it all it's, it's quite a story I could tell you more but it would take forever and uh, we have Ken from Texas here as well are you there Ken? Yeah, this is uh, Ken down in Fort Worth. Hey, there's a new book coming out uh, next year. Uh, the author is Abraham Bolden, B-O-L-D-E-N. It's called Echoes, Echo from Daily Plans about JFK stuff. He was the first black uh, Secret Service guy. And I guess he was up in Chicago when Kennedy got killed. And they've swept him under the rug, and he's come out with a book pretty quick. Uh-huh. Uh, his name is Abraham Bolden. Hunted on uh, Amazon, you can you can locate it. And his story needs to be told. Yeah. Chairman Skolnick mentioned it years ago, and I completely forgot about it, but I've I run across his uh, mm-hmm. story just lately. Are you are you following this uh, Leo Wanta story? The not really. The bank? No. You're not? No. Hey, hunt Leo. People should hunt Leo. I, I don't I don't scour the Internet on, on all the... What? I try, there's a, a thousand things you can you can scour. What I try to look at is what's, what's happening on a big scale... Uh, if you can hunt Christopher's story, the guy, I think he's got a, in England, he's got a report, and, and, and he's putting out the reports. Uh-huh. And uh, he's talking about Robert Rubin and, and the Citibank in New York, and he's not coughing up the money. Yeah. And uh, But put Leo Wanton, you can track him. He, he's an ambassador. He needs to be brought in front of the Senate and the House and talked to immediately. You know, but hunt Leo Wanton, you can track the stories down. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I'll, I'll look into it. I suck. Okay. Yeah, I try to look at the bigger uh, picture of things because, as I say, um, there's a billion distractions, and, and, and all of them, well, many of them are, are genuine and worth following up, but, but we have to change the main things that are happening because the time is getting short. The time is really getting short when we're getting sprayed and we're going to get our ID cards with active chips and tracking and all of this police state stuff. Uh, we have to stop this for everyone, or it's game over. It truly is game over. Everyone knows the money scam has been rotten from the beginning. It's always been money itself as a scam, trading the people, again, behavior modification, to throw away things they could trade and giving them something else to just to replace it that someone else controls. That's silly in itself. Now, we, we have Maggie from Texas there, too. Are you there, Maggie? Uh, Mr. Watt, yes. my question is a little bit tangential, but you've just been talking about the Zodiac now, and also I've uh, finished reading your uh, Cutting Through the Matrix books, which um, dwells on that at great length. And it just occurred to me that there has been at least one major civilization south of the equator, although most of the action takes place north of the equator. But in Peru, for instance, there was the uh, Moche and other cultures cu- culminating in the Inca 
Now, they don't see the same constellations we see. That's right. So do they have a zodiac equivalent, or do they have some system completely different? How yeah, they have, they have an equivalent, too, but they have the southern ones with the southern cross and, and other ones that you can't see except from places like Australia and so on. Yeah. And is it is it also 12? Yeah, yeah, they go by 12, yeah. They go by 12, too. You okay. see, at one time the world, there's no doubt about it, there was, there was a, long before Columbus, that was a big trick. Um, Columbus, a column in Rome, basically, um, Columbi and so on, means the dove. The dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Even before the Christian version of the Holy Spirit was always the dove. You'll see it even in ancient Egypt coming down and above the Pharaoh. And, and so the, the name is used in Latin, of course, and uh, often the thought about bringing the five senses to fruition, and that's why the Columbine school was used to the five points of the flower, the five doves. Uh, these are all occultic symbols, but, but absolutely um, there was definitely contact in the ancient world, and we know there's been different equators at different times in, in history as well. At one time, the equator went across Siberia in a previous age, and... Um, but yeah, there was, no, there was no doubt when you look at the stone buildings uh, that go across the whole planet, the way they're constructed, and the standing stone types, etc., uh, these Neolithic ones uh, and megalithic structures, they're built in the same fashions, even the way that the stone is placed within stones like the, the walls in Peru and how well they're shaped. You don't need cement or anything, and they've withstood earthquakes. And uh, I think the music's coming up. Uh, I'll be back after the following messages with a little bit more on this. Hey folks, I want to walk back with Cutting Through the Matrix and just to finish up what Maggie was talking about there. Yeah, the, the, the ancient... Priests, I'm sure, certainly long before the histories were given, uh, traveled the world because they had the same types of standing stones and circles and interlocking of, of hand-hewn granite-type stones, massive construction. And the way they did it was similar in different countries all over the world, and you were given so little information on this, but they were into uh, astronomy big time and they had alignments of the stars and the planets to work out the seasons of the year, etc. Went an awful lot of work to build these things long before what we're told was civilization because civilization did not begin at Sumer. And they did use the constellations of, of the north and the south, different ones, and they wrote stories in the heavens to parallel the system of government over the people from royalty on, on down to the people at the bottom. And that's really what it is. It's all to do with forms of control over the public and the hierarchies that rule us. And that's why you have the, the noble orders based really on really stellar uh, symbols and planetary symbols. And you have gods of war, Mars, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, these are all symbols of, of the powers that rule over us, not, not heavenly bodies, but people who mirror the allegories in real life on earth that's what it's all about now remember I depend on the people to buy the material I sell it's not much I'd have a lot more to do if I didn't do so many talk shows 
and bring in money, but I, I think it's more important to get the information out as I can. But I do need you to, to purchase them, hand them out, and also to help donate. That keeps it all going because I don't use, I don't get paid for the shows I'm on. I've never asked for money for any of the shows that I'd be on. And um, all I have really is the, the people to, to back me up. And when they're bored with what they hear or they're not hearing enough, uh, I'll know it's time to quit and go in small, teach small groups and live better than I'm living now, that's for sure. Well, the winter is coming on too, and I have to buy extra wood in, for instance, because I've been so busy doing this all year, didn't get enough in. So that's how life really works. It's um, an ongoing battle. I'm not selling you fiction. I'm not selling you antidotes to the system. I'm telling you the hard facts. Facts have been kept hidden from you. You've been led merry dances, merry, merry dances by certain uh, people out there over many years because you'll find it's much easier to entertain people, mix fact with fiction, and make them even sillier than they already are, and then control them very easily rather than give them the plain truth. Giving them the plain truth makes them make decisions for themselves because now they have to make choices. And every person who's alive today, uh, you're going through the biggest time ever uh, that any generation has faced because we either come through this retaining our capacities to think as sentient individuals or we become a type of Borg, a Borg like Star Trek where we're just robotic types of machines that are chipped and run by computers. Personally, I think we're a terribly sad thing to see us come all this way to lose the one thing that we have over all the other creatures, and that's the ability to create wondrous things rather than destruction and control. And that's the choice that we have. And it's not pleasant to hear all the bad news, but it's imperative. There are people out there who are glad to receive it, even though it hurts. There's nothing that hurts more than to realize we've been conned and rather stupid uh, for a good part of our lives. It's hard to face up to that. It's hard to face that we've followed people, perhaps. I haven't, but others have followed people. It's led them on circle and circles like the Pied Pipers, round and round in circles, but never giving them the answers. The answers are within yourselves. And you are the ones who are going to decide what happens in the future, what kind of future there'll be. So from Hamish and myself up here in Ontario, Canada, on a cold night, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.